Welcome to the Radical Abundance Podcast, where we celebrate God's radical abundance in all things. For the entire month of October, we are talking about God's radical abundance of purpose in our life. Today's guest is author and blogger, Katherine Bry. Catherine embraces a slow living lifestyle and wants to support you in finding your most intentional and purpose-filled life. So listen in and don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Welcome to Radical Abundance. I'm your host, Teresa Jansen. And today I have a special guest with me. This is Catherine Bry. She's the author of the Beatitude Devotional Journal. But before we get into talking about the journal, Catherine, I understand that you are from the great state of Arkansas, and I have never spent very much time in Arkansas at all. So if I were to visit you in Arkansas and you were going to show me like the real Arkansas, uh, what the locals do and, and what it's all about, where would you take me? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I appreciate that. Um, I am fairly new to the area. I've only been here about five years, so it's still, there's so much that I'm discovering, but some of the places I would take you to, we are called the natural state. And the reason for that is because they try to preserve as much of nature and bring in people from all over the world to navigate. In particular, mountain biking is really huge here and just hiking and getting out in nature and connecting, which I absolutely love. And we'll talk a little bit about the slow living lifestyle, but it's helped me to um, kind of fuse nature into that area that I have been wanting to navigate more into, which would be the slow living lifestyle. Um, and another place also that some people don't know is if you're familiar with the retailer, the large retailer, Walmart, it's the number one retailer in the world. Well, this is where it actually started. Sam Walton, and you can visit and I would take you there, uh, started his five and dime right here in our sweet little um, town uh, of Bentonville. And I would take you there and, and just to see how from such a small beginning and the man with purpose and, and to see where that place is now. And then um, I would be, you know, remiss if I didn't say that they are big football fans here. And so. Another place we would have to go visit a um, place where the Wu Pig um, that they have the Razorbacks, the University of Arkansas Razorbacks is huge and they support that. So we would have to take a trip down there and get a real feel for um, football and barbecue. Okay, well, that sounds good. Well, I love to go hiking. So that sounds really great to me. Not so much the remote, um, mountain biking. I think I better <laughs> skip that one. <laughs> no. Oh, me too. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm all for the barbecue and the um, hiking sounds really great. And if you have an amazing Walmart, hey, let's go shopping. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, Catherine, thank you for that. Um, but let's do then talk a little bit about your devotional journal. And let me ask you first, what is it that brought you to even writing a journal or writing a 
devotional journal? Um, that's a great question. Um, I have never uh, considered myself to be a writer. I, I actually find it, I, I love to connect with people, communicating with them face-to-face. And I've had opportunities to talk in person at numerous retreats in specific with women, which um, I have such a passion for. The Lord is the only thing I can answer. Um, Put it on my heart. uh, And it was just such a strange encounter that I started feeling really impressed that I needed to write a devotional journal. And I kind of pushed it aside because I thought this is no way something that God would put on my heart because I am not, I don't consider myself to be a very strong uh, communicator through the written word, you know, through literature. And all of a sudden within that week where I felt that the Lord had said, you're going to be writing a devotional, um, I turned on the TV and uh, there was a commercial that said, do you feel God calling you to writing a book? And I thought, this is just wait, no way. Um, and so I kind of, again, pushed it aside. And then the final straw was I was scrolling through Facebook and there was an ad in, in there that said, do you feel God calling you to write a devotional? And at that point, I was thinking, oh, my gosh, the writing's on the wall. And um, God is definitely calling me to do that. And like I said, uh, prior to this point, God had taken me through some valleys that I felt like he wanted me to use the encounters that I experienced with him there in terms of purpose and in terms of hope um, to go ahead and, and to share about it through, through journaling. So that's what I did. Well, has journaling always been part of your way of processing things? I know for a lot of people, they keep journals for years and um, and really keep them and sometimes even look back at them. Has that, has that been part of your journey? For a big portion of my Christian walk with the Lord, yes. I, I felt that I was... Um, you know, just writing down and jotting down and kind of, um, if you will, brain dumping just to get all those emotions out. So I did that for a number of years. I slowed down a little bit when I um, raised my girls and they were home and I was homeschooling. So it wasn't very much in the forefront at that time, but yes. And I still have um, several of my journals and I like to go back to them. And the reason for that is because it just also helps me to remember, you know, and to whenever I'm feeling discouraged of how far I have to go, looking at a journal allows me to see how far I've come. And that is such an encouragement to my faith. And so, uh, yeah, journaling has played a big part of that. Okay. And you decided to do a devotional journal. Tell me about the audience who would benefit from your from your book and what exactly is it geared to do and what makes it different from other devotionals? Well, it's my audience is women. And I would say in their latter twenties, you know, fifties, even through fifties, women that are really seeking to go deeper with the Lord, um, maybe don't have huge time on the hands because they are raising children. They are busy with careers. And so this is done as a monthly and that would kind of 
helped me to stand out a little bit. It's not a daily journal and it's not a um, weekly journal. It's done as a monthly journal with 12 entries. And I did that in the sense is that when I would read journals, I would find a topic and I'd be like, oh, wow, that's so good. I really want to hone in on that. Then the next day there would be another topic. And I thought, wow, that's really good. I really wish I had time to hone in on that. Um, I did it more as a way of if there's certain habits that you or things that you need to sharpen in your life and your spiritual walk, even practically speaking, you know, applying scripture to our life and you are struggling with that. It says 21 days to break a habit and 30 days to implement a new one. And so I, you know, angled this devotion to focus 30 days on a specific topic that you can say, I want to take this topic and I want it to apply to my career, to my spiritual walk, to my family. And then you have weekly entries that you can put personally your thoughts down. There's scriptures, there's reflection questions on there. So uh, my hope is that women would think about the Bible is so practical and how they could apply the 12 entries into their practical side of, of living out for Jesus. I really like that idea. I don't think I've seen a monthly approach before, but I do like being able to just um, rest with a topic for a while and spend some real time thinking about it and applying it in your life. You know, like you said, it's one thing to read about something in the morning and think, oh, wow, that's very inspirational. But you do need time to actually implement and apply, you know, some of these concepts and and practices in your life. And over the course of a month, then hopefully you've had an opportunity to do that by the time you're there, especially with the weekly prompts and and things like that. So that's a really great format. Um, Good job, Catherine. That's very unique. So when you and I first met and I told you that um, this show was all about God's radical abundance and his abundance of everything from love and grace and mercy. But this month, we're really focusing on his radical abundance of purpose for our life. You really honed in on that idea of purpose and got excited about it. Why is that? Why, why did that touch you? Um, It touched me because I feel like for a number of years, um, let me go back a little bit, if you let me just really briefly, I got saved at a very young age. And and I would say that it was a radical encounter with the Lord that I had no, there was no doubt in my mind that God called me with a purpose for a purpose to partner with him. Um, Then through the years, went through a number, probably about 10 years where I went through a number of very difficult trials. Um, We, you know, breast cancer, um, the loss of a child um, at birth. And those trials really uh, waned on that purpose and really had me focusing because they were so consecutive. They had me focusing not so much on the Lord, and his heart for me and and keeping that objective of his purpose for this world. He was going to use me in it. But I really would say the best way to describe it was the scripture that says hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a dream fulfilled is like a tree of life. And I would say that that was almost like I was stuck on the hope deferred, make the heart sick for a number of years. 
And I, I couldn't transition myself for some reason into seeing the dream fulfilled because I was so absorbed with losing so much hope because of all of the trials and through that valley that I was in that was I listening, hearing the Lord? Yes. But I was so discouraged because I couldn't figure out how God was going to use all of that pain for his glory. And it was a question that I, and not so much how really, I knew that he would. It was when would he come through? When would God come through? And I was stuck on the when. And I was looking around and seeing my family just broken and and seeing, you know, especially with the loss of our little boy, seeing my my husband and my children trying to wrap their brains around how is God going to change this around? And when was he going to do it? And when the answers to that didn't come right away, it, it starts to wane on that hope. It starts to chisel away. And it wasn't until I really dug deep. And as a matter of fact, it was in the process of writing this, this devotion that God just began to um, reignite that purpose, reignite that passion and that hope. And I was able to more or less, you know, not be on that uphill climb where you to take, you know, the hiking terms where you're really feeling the air hit your lungs, you're really, you know, moving up that and your, your body is feeling it, your mind is feeling it. And I was able to, you know, get to that, uh, you know, summit, if you will. And I was able to see the mountaintop and I was able to see that God had it all planned out. And there was a lot of moving parts to that. And I was all along, just because I wasn't seeing it, what didn't mean that he wasn't doing it. He was doing it in the supernatural. And so when I saw and I came across your, um, your, your, your posting, I, I just immediately said, yes, like I, I, I want to share that because there are so many, especially what we've been walking through, you know, in our world and so many people thinking, is God moving? Will God still use me? Can God still turn this around? And how is that all going to fit? And so, um, yeah, I'm, I'm very passionate about that. That is uh, really an amazing story. You certainly have gone through a lot. And the thing that really stuck out to me, my favorite phrase was just because I wasn't seeing it doesn't mean that God wasn't doing it. And that is so true in our life. And sometimes people do have a hard time um, maybe seeing the purpose in their life, or maybe they see the purpose in in life, but it just doesn't seem possible because of a given Mm -hmm. time or circumstance. So Mm -hmm. um, that's just an amazing journey that you've been on. And for me, I know that I've found that, that oftentimes when I'm writing, I'm writing to give God's message to someone else. But of course, first, I have to receive that message. And there have been so many times where I have had to stop my writing and just Mm -hmm. have God minister to me first, Mm -hmm. you know, and it's an amazing and a beautiful thing. And um, until you've experienced it, it's hard to explain it. Very true. Very true. I, I, I concur. I totally can. And I, I, in writing this, um, especially the part where um, there is an entry uh, it's titled B 
and it's a play, if you will, on the Beatitudes, but it's more like we want, our purpose has to do with what is God calling me to do for him. And we really need to be partnering with him. And, um, and I think sometimes we get so wrapped up in the doing that we forget to be, to be, Mm -hmm. to be with God so that I can do for God and with God. And so it's almost like a play that as if I want to be just a, be a doer of God's word, it starts from that secret place of being with him, of, of sharing my heart and having him share his heart with me. And so the part that really kept getting me and I, it, the entry just like I was stuck on it was the part of being hopeful because I was for so many years, I didn't feel very hopeful. I, I didn't, I, I didn't feel like I had much to be hopeful for because it was just so many um, things that I was still, you know, dealing with. And I would have to, I write, you know, a, a paragraph and I'd have to stop just to process it and allow the spirit of God to just, you know, continue to wash away, you know, because it was so still so raw about being hopeful. But I think what that does is, is provides a place of, that I'm able to empathize and sympathize with somebody that's in the same position. And I don't think that I would have in the past had I not myself walked through that. Exactly. If you haven't experienced it, like, like I have not experienced the things that you have and I can say, I'm sorry for your loss. And I can mean that very much, but I cannot know what it is that you have gone through. And, um, and I haven't walked the cancer journey. I haven't experienced that in my life. Um, so I can pray for someone's healing, but I can't know what they're going through on a day-by-day basis. On the other hand, God has given me a whole host of other experiences that I have experienced, some really difficult and challenging times that he's been faithful to see me through those. And so there are people that I can share my story with. And um, even when our stories are different, they're actually the same because it's God right there in the midst of all of it and uh, restoring and redeeming the purpose and value and, and hope in our life. And so that's just amazing. Thank you for sharing that, mm-hmm. Catherine. So this idea of slow living And some of the statements that you have made, too, have reminded me of that good old Bible study that uh, Henry Blackaby did called Experiencing God. And one of my favorite parts in there is when he says, don't just do something, stand there, you know, because we get so busy with the doing of life that we forget about the being. So tell me about this idea of a slow lifestyle, because most of us are looking for how can I get more done, the productive lifestyle, the, you know, getting things done and all of that. Slow seems to be the opposite of where our world is going. So tell me about that. Right. First of all, absolutely love that um, devotional book. Uh, my husband and I got it for Christmas and several, several years ago. And I mean, I have it all taped up uh, still. I, I can't let it go because it's just so full of so full of some terrific nuggets. So absolutely love it. But um, the slow living lifestyle came about and I am still fairly new to that, too, a couple of years in because I found myself as an empty nester and um, I was so busy doing life with my children and, you know, just doing, you know, church and 
just so many things that we all you know, have and, and just full. And I think that in 2019 is when I felt like the Lord really pulling me um, right before, you know, our world. I, I feel like the Lord put a ginormous pause button on the world in general, just almost to allow his body to catch its breath. And it was done on a global stage, of course, but it was God uses all things for, you know, for his glory, anything um, that was meant for evil, God will turn it around for good. And I think that in that time, the Lord started uh, showing me that there was a lot of busy work, but there wasn't substance to that busy work. I was doing for God, but I wasn't really wanting to partner with him. And it wasn't until he got kind of really deep down inside where I feel like I have been so busy being a wife and a mother, you know, and of course I love the Lord and I'm a Christian. And, but it was almost like, once again, it was like a checkbox that I had. And he, he wanted me to refocus in this next season of my life to say, I want you to live and slow living really speaks to that in terms of living intentionally, in terms of really honing into the distractions of life stopping the busy work and saying, why is it? And actually asking the why, why is it that I'm doing this? Why is it that I feel compelled to do that? Also re-examining relationships and things that you have in your life and saying, I need to maybe perhaps establish some boundaries because I feel like there's a lot of things that are bleeding into so many areas. And what does that do? It creates anxiety. It creates stress. There's not much mental clarity. And then the most importantly, our relationship with the Lord has just can potentially get relegated to a box that I check off. Did I have my quiet time with the Lord? But was I really getting deeper in that? What was happening in that quiet time? Was I really being sensitive to the voice of God or was my mind just, you know, getting through it so that I could say that I got through it. But really, I was really focusing on, oh, after this quiet time, I'm going to make this phone call. After this quiet time, I have to maybe throw in a load of laundry. And my quiet time was being bombarded with all the to do things, because that's what I have been conditioned to believe. The busyness is shows, you know, success. It shows prosperity. When in actuality, if we pattern ourselves the way the Jesus pattern, he had a lot of time where he just walked away and he was with the father and he was engaging so that he was most effective when he was with the disciples. And so taking that pattern, I felt like the Lord really honed in on my identity and say, what are you really wrapping yourself around, Catherine? What are you really, you know, uh, doing and, and are you doing it with me? you know, or do you just want me to say that you're doing it for me? I want to partner with you. But the only way we can do that is if you step away from certain things and you back away and you take that pause and you allow me to sit with you and let's talk about this and let's go deeper into it. And I found out that I learned so much about myself and I still am. But the most important thing is I learned so much more about the character of God. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. He invites us to uh, come into relationship with him and to accomplish things. But really so much of that, we need to first just spend time in relationship and communion and quiet our minds. And it's not a quiet place sometimes inside of our minds. 
that really is um, great to just take a moment and slow down and yes. uh, practice a, a slow lifestyle a little bit. So thank you for the, that reminder. Well, I'm going to put all of the um, connections to your website and the book and everything in the show notes. But why don't you just tell us, for those who are listening, uh, what is the best way to connect with you? The best way to connect with me is through my blog. It's www.katyroblog.com. And also I'm uh, same handle, Katie Rowe blog. Uh, on uh, the um, Instagram and also through Facebook. Um, so either one of those um, places, you can uh, contact me uh, there if you have any questions and um, I'll get back to you. Okay. And I already know that the Beatitude Devotional Journal is available on Amazon. I'll um, put a link to that in the show notes as well. Thank you for that. So what's coming up next for you? Do you have any idea what is on the horizon? Well, at the moment, I am also working on getting uh, my devotional um, book here. As a matter of fact, I have a, a copy of it right here. Very nice. And I, Beautiful. Um, I am working on getting it into more brick and mortar places, not just through Amazon. And so um, expanding that and also, you know, really expanding my presence on social media. I am not a social media um I, I don't find it comfortable, you know, and it could be because it's a different generation, but um, I, I love meeting so many people through social media. And so I'm getting my, my presence a little bit more into that and just connecting and also doing more live sessions. So if people want to connect with me and, and just, you know, develop a community of, of being not just doers, but being in his presence and finding our purpose through the heart of God. Um, that's where I, I want to see it grow. That's wonderful. Okay, great. Well, we'll uh, connect everyone with that in the show notes. And Catherine, thanks so much for being with me today and taking time out of your slow lifestyle to spend with me. I really appreciate it. And the time has gone by so fast. I can't even believe it. Yes. Thank you so much again for having me. I really do appreciate it.